Ladies and gentlemen, bring them out, bring them out. Welcome to the young GM. 13-year-old general manager's been fired 31 times, but still living a dream. GM, it's been a fantastic weekend, and it looks like a lot of your predictions have come across as winners. Um, Yes, they have. Although the Browns did lose, that was um not the highlight of my weekend we the playoff scenario that we needed to happen happened but we'll go into that after we recap so let's start with our first recap um i know the game is still going but let's talk about the cowboys at the football team the game is still going i understand i feel like the football team is already lost it's 42 to 7 and they're at the half now the young gm me in this scenario i am going to take out the starters not all of them but i'm obviously going to take out prescott Zeke, and at least Lamb or Cooper from the starting receivers because the Cowboys win this, which they are. They are going to go one game behind the Packers, which is closer to the playoffs. Now having Prescott, Zeke, or Cooper kind injured kind of hurts them going into the playoffs. So I would say for the Cowboys, they're going to win, but the best thing for them to do is to take out at least Zeke and Dak Prescott from their starting lineup just to be safe. I, I agree that they're going to take them out, but I don't think they're going to take them out right as the as the second half starts. I think you're going to see those starters play through the middle of the third quarter, and then they'll come out. You don't want Washington to start piling on points because you took out your starters, and they have the ability to put points on the board. The score is 42 to 7 now. Um, Washington didn't get them, or the Cowboys didn't get those 42 points over the entirety of the game. They put those 42 points up in the first half. What's to say that the Cowboys bring out their starters and put their second and third string guys in that Washington doesn't come back? Now, that's very true. You want to make sure that you start. The third quarter starts and you have your starters. As the third quarter goes on, you may start to see the second string to come in. Then Dak Prescott goes back out. So you might see them kind of switch between the starters and the backups, kind of. GM, I tell you what, this game, you called it as an absolute blowout. And it is a blowout. Yes, it is. Um, honestly, the more I can predict, I see the Cowboys getting 50 points. And if they can, I see them getting 60 points, possibly, at the maximum. I can see them putting 60 up on them. But they got to keep their feet on their neck and keep the pressure going in order to do that. Yes, they do. And for our first game that is actually finished, that's Thursday's Titans versus the Niners. This is one of the predictions that I did say that the Titans won this. Um, this game was actually just really close. It was closer than I expected. If the Titans won, I thought they would win by a touchdown. But they just went ahead and kicked the field goal with four seconds remaining, which got them the 2017 win. The 49ers are not out of the playoffs mathematically and they've shown what they can do. The NFC is kind of tough with the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, and the Packers all at the top, but they still have shown that they can catch up to a team with a run game very depleted and a 
couple of turnovers happen with the Titans giving up a couple of turnovers versus the Niners. So that may be something to watch out for in the future for all you NFC teams. Well, the next game. Woo-wee! This was one of them barn burner games. And I know that you had the Browns defeating the defeating the uh, Green Bay Packers. Actually, you had Green Bay winning. But I know deep in your heart you wanted the Browns to win. Yes, I did. It's just the number one NFC team, they were going to take the win. The only reason they won is because if you go back to the fourth quarter, one of the final plays, Amos pulls on Donovan Peoples-Jones' jersey. Therefore, he cannot catch it. Therefore, it's a turnover on fourth down. Now, the refs didn't call that. There were a lot of flags that should have been called that they didn't call. So I'm not saying that the Packers just cheated and got away with one but both teams did but honestly that pull on the jersey should have been pass interference and if he would have called that we would have won so i'm gonna count this as a win in my mind well you know what they say in boxing they say the ties go to the champion well in football i think those uh calls and no calls go to the mvp and we already know that aaron Rodgers is going to be this year's league mvp for the NFC, obviously. <laughs> Anyways, for our next game, another one <clears throat> that I predicted would win was the Colts beating the Cardinals. The Cardinals have just been off. And honestly, Kyler Murray is, I hate to say this, but he's not doing as well. Oklahoma quarterback, he did good in his first season. He did good in his second <clears throat> season. He's kind of just, he's playing off a little bit. He hasn't been playing the way he was playing at the beginning of the season. They started the season off 7-0. and Lost to the Packers, that's fine. They won, they lost. See, it starts to go like they're losing more. And Indianapolis has won nine of the last 12 games. They started the season 0-3, so that means they won nine and lost three. So the Cardinals have been playing kind of off, and that kind of hurts them, but that's why I chose the Colts. Next game, we have the Giants at the Eagles. This division is boring. This division is terrible. The Cowboys have already won this division, especially with a win over the football team that's about to happen. But the Eagles won. Honestly, I feel like in the fourth quarter, the Giants kind of just gave up. They saw the Eagles were ahead 34-10. to 10. They were kind of just like, man, we're not going to catch up. They probably just they just started kind of just doing their own thing, just slacking off, you could say. They kind of stopped playing as they were before. I definitely feel like if they would have kept playing using Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones can use his legs. If they would have kept playing like that, even their defense, they could have put up more points and made this closer like how the Browns, no one expected the Browns to game to be 22 to 24, but it was closer and it shows what the Browns can do. The Giants could have done the same thing. Had they tried, had they put in a little more effort, and worked for that. They could have came closer than a 34-10 to 10 game. Well, you know, you're looking at the Eagles uh, in that division, and they have a potential to actually get a wild card spot uh, in their uh, NFC East division. That's true. They're 8-7, and seven, so if they win their next game, I believe their next game is versus the Cowboys. That's a tough one. We'll go over that in the next week's recap when we do that. We'll see who the Eagles play, and let's see what it looks like for next week. Our next game, we got the L.A. Rams, also known as the Lambs, versus the Vikings. Now, yeah. yep, you can see Van Jefferson has passed who? 
Odell Beckham Jr., trash receiver, for most yards reception in the first two seasons in NFL history. That just shows how bad of a receiver he is and how Odell Beckham is not doing nothing for the Rams. This rookie, for two years in the NFL, is doing better than what, an eight or what, eight or nine year veteran? Whatever. The Rams won versus the Vikings. I said the Rams were going to win. Um, closer than I expected, but. The Vikings utilize Dalvin Cook. They utilize Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And this shows what they could do. They use they if they use oh my god if they utilize their defense as well. It also shows what they can do. I'm not sure if it was this game, but I saw somewhere that one of the Vikings players got ejected for a late hit on someone. I believe that was last week's game. But we got to go pay some bills, GM. On the backside. We'll get into some more recap from this week's games, and we'll see how you fare with your predictions for next week's games. Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Young GM, where you can follow us on Instagram at the young GM at Instagram.com. And you can listen to our podcast on Anchor as well as Spotify. Also at the Young GM. Now, GM, let's get back to these recaps for this week. Um, so for the next one, we have the Bills at the Patriots. Now, I said I wanted the Bills to win, and I needed the Bills to win AFC-wise because the Patriots used to be on top. But I said overall that the Patriots were gonna win. Now, here's the thing. The Bills won. I am super happy because, again, with the Packers and the Browns, I said that the Patriots were going to win, but deep down inside, I needed the Bills to win. So I'm glad that that's how that played out. Josh Allen is the first player in NFL history with 100-plus passing touchdowns, 20-plus rushing touchdowns in his first four NFL seasons. So that is phenomenal that the Bills won. Yes, absolutely picked the Bills to win over the Patriots. That is true. I was incorrect on that one, and that was one where you were correct. Um, next, we have the Buccaneers and the Panthers. The Panthers got destroyed. It was 32-6. to six. Now, that's what I call a shutout. Not 9-0. to 32-6 to six is a shutout. I'm and the Buccaneers clinched their first NFC South title since 2007. I'm still going to have to give you the definition of a shutout. GM. It's a zero. They laid a big goose egg. Shut out. All right. I guess we'll talk uh, uh, talk about this after the podcast then, shall we? Next, we have my favorite but non-favorite quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, losing to his fellow draft mate, Zach Wilson. Just shows again how bad he is. Someone that got picked second right after him beats him. Shows first the worst and second the best. But Zach Wilson just got the longest rushing touchdown by a quarterback in the Jets history. 52 yards. That was a that was a phenomenal run, also. <laughs> yeah. Um, for our next game, this is one where I did get the benefit of benefit of the doubt over you. I chose the Falcons to beat the Lions, and that is exactly what happened. Um, the Falcons beat the Lions by four points. It was close, but a win is a win, even by one point. Atlanta has gotten their first win in Atlanta this season, was 0-5. That's embarrassing to be def- 
undefeated and losing at your own stadium, that's super embarrassing. So to finally win, I guess, is a sigh of relief for Atlanta. The next game. Everyone was surprised that this happened. The Texans beat the Chargers. Now, I don't know what kind of sorcery happened where the Chargers just decide to quit or something or the Texans use some kind of power-up Gatorade or some sticky gloves to catch the football or maybe their kicker just got some extra sleep and decided to make some kicks. But the Texans won 41-29. to Houston has won their last three or four games versus the Chargers, and I have no clue what happened to the Chargers in this game. This is like the Lions beating the Cardinals. No one had words for that game. I knew the Texans would beat the Chargers. Any team playing against another division team, another AFC West team, I'm rooting for them. And I was rooting for the Texans. Go Texans. You got your win. Now, let's see what you can do with it. You know what they can do with it? Nothing. They're absolutely garbage. Now, a rebuilding team, sure, trading away Odell Beckham. Sure, trading away Von Miller. But trading away DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt and Will Fuller. That is not a rebuilding team. That is a team where if I'm the GM there, you're fired for trading them. Let me get them back as soon as possible. Probably won't happen anyways. Um, Next, we have the Bengals at the Ravens. I said the Bengals were going to win. The Bengals win by 20 points. This helps playoff-wise because we lost to the Packers. That dropped our playoff percentage down to 9%. Now what needed to happen was the Raiders needed to lose to the Broncos. The Bengals needed to beat the Ravens. The Texans needed to beat the Chargers. And I believe the Colts needed to win. Those all happened except for the Raiders losing. We'll get to that sooner or later. But... Joe Burrow has the fourth most passing yards in a game since 1950 of 525. That's a lot. Even for me, that seems like a lot of passing yards for a quarterback to put up. But when you put a quarterback in a position where he has good receivers and good running backs, unlike Trevor Lawrence, he will show you what he can do by putting up 525 passing yards. GM, do you remember what was going on in 1950? Of course not. You weren't even thought about back then. But Joe Burrow and his phenomenal passing surpassed that record from 1950. Yes, they did. And this one was close. I had the Seahawks favorite in this one. It was a one-point game. It was super close. But still, win is a win, even if it's by half a point. Um, Chicago's first road win versus Seattle since week three of 2009. That's a year after I was born. So that's a long time. But anyways, good job for you, Bears. Still garbage. Still not going to win the division. The Packers have already clinched that. The Packers are already making the playoffs. Good for you. Now let's see what you can do with your draft pick. Hopefully you don't draft some trash Ohio State player from the draft like you did last year. Next, delighted to see this. And there was some... Let you know there's some trash talking going on to some Steelers friends that I have. But the Chiefs did beat the Steelers 36-10. to That The Steelers scored was like 40 seconds left. But, I mean, what does that really do? Unless you're some kind of football hacker and you can kick an onside kick and automatically just get the ball back and score past 36. Not possible. The Chiefs clinched the AFC West for the sixth straight season. Good for you. Now. No, not good for the Chiefs. The Broncos, at one point, was a preeminent team in the AFC West. 
our rebuilding season, and we're going to get to this game here coming up, but our rebuilding seasons are still coming. They are, but here's the thing. With the MVP, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and in his second year he won a Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, that is the only way that the Chiefs are ever going to lose is by him being injured for the whole season or they somehow trade Patrick Mahomes, which will never happen, by the way. When Patrick Mahomes is in Aaron Rodgers' years and there's drama between him and the Chiefs, that's when he's getting traded. When he's in his 17th year and he's still with the Chiefs, that's when he's leaving. I can tell you right now in his first couple of years, the Chiefs are not letting him go. I, I agree with you. I agree. Um, Patrick Mahomes is one of those phenomenal quarterbacks. And mind you, he is in the AFC West and they do lead the division. But I do give him his props. Just like I give Tom Brady his props. You know, Brady, when Brady was in the AFC, he he was the man to beat. He was dominating. He was the man to beat. Now, as Mahone still runs the AFC West, he's the man to beat. And believe me, on any given day, anyone can be beat. That's true, and I have to deal with the same quarterback in my division, too. I have to deal with Lamar Jackson, the rushing sensation, who I play yeah. Madden. 22, so hard to contain. Literally one of the hardest rushing quarterbacks to contain. Joe Burrow is another one to deal with along. So Joe Burrow, the Bengals drafted his college football receiver along with him, and that's why I think they've had so much success. Not doubting the rest of the team, not saying the rest of the team is garbage, but I'm assuming that most of them has come from Joe Mixon. Mind you, he's an Oklahoma running back. And Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. So, yeah, I have to deal with those two. Next game is the Raiders at the Broncos. Now, here's the thing. The Broncos aren't fully eliminated yet. They they they're probably going to be, but I mean, this is a rebuilding season in the progress. So, if they win their next two games, I believe that puts them at 9 and 8. That could be a wild card. Um, Las Vegas, I needed them to lose playoff-wise. That didn't happen. Let's see next week how this all works out for the Browns. If we lose next week, we're done. The Browns are done from the playoffs. Like, we're done. And I I don't really want to recap any games if the Browns aren't in the playoffs because that just makes me sad thinking about it. Oh, no. <sighs> we're recapping games. If you can't smack your own, you can't smack anybody. Yep. The Raiders won, and that was sad to see. Um, Broncos really started playing pretty good towards the end of the game. It just wasn't enough. Again, there was another pass interference that wasn't called. This weekend will be known as the No P.I. Weekend. It's also known as the No Pass Interference Weekend. There were two or three calls for pass interference that should have been called where the Browns and the Broncos would have both won, keeping our playoff hopes alive. But they weren't called. They weren't called. So let's us and the fans refer to this as the no pass interference weekend or the bad call weekend. I think another um, reason the Broncos didn't win was our quarterback play. Now, mind you, Drew Locke at one time led the team as their quarterback, but then they brought Teddy Bridgewater in. Now, Teddy was not the Aaron Rodgers that we were hoping that we could get during the offseason. And he's not possibly the Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers that we may be able to get next season. 
However, Teddy Bridgewater was our starting quarterback. And had our starting quarterback not been out with an injury, I believe that several of the mistakes that Drew Locke made today would not have been made by Bridgewater. Several of the times when he held on to the ball, Bridgewater would have made a pass or gotten rid of the ball and not suffered such a loss uh, during the sack. Now, as well, mm. Vic Fangio, some of that is to put on him and his coaching. I believe they were fourth and one. They decided to kick a field goal. Now, here's the thing. Although Melvin Gordon is older and he's not as good as he was in his first year seasons with the Chargers, he's still a good running back. He can still do, even if you, Javante Williams, the rookie, he's proving what he can do as well. Why not just run the ball with him? Why not just push? Obviously, it's fourth and one, right? You're on the other side of the field at around like the 20. So even if it's a turnover on downs, at least you put the Raiders at the opposite side of their field at the 20-yard line where you have to march across the field instead of, what, missing a field goal and not putting any points on the board? I believe I believe it was actually a fourth and four. A fourth and four when they decided to go for – I may be mistaken, but I believe it was like a 52-yard field goal at that point. And – they went for the field goal, and he missed. No, Brandon McManus, he's not a bad kicker, but this season, kickers have been missing. Even some of the best have been missing kicks as well. Well, I'm never going to put a game on Brandon McManus's shoulders, although the kickers are phenomenal at times, and they do win games, but it's not his job to go out and win the game. It's, it's not. his job to Ensure that there's enough space in the score so that if it comes down to it, hey, we can give that we can give that game to the kicker because he gave us that cushion. The scoring should be done by the offense, the offensive line, the running backs, the receivers, and the quarterback. And as was mentioned earlier, if the quarterback play is not there then the coaching play better be on point. But when you're falling down on both areas, when you're falling down on both areas, you end up with a score of 13 to 7. Now, with, with the Raiders winning. That is very unfortunate. I do agree with you because in the Browns game, we scored a touchdown. He missed the kick. Now, had the kicker, obviously, it's obviously not to rely on the kicker. Baker Mayfield did have some part in that, and we'll get to that right now. But had he made that game, that field goal and tied the game 7-7, seven to seven, we would have gone to score, and it would have been a tie game. We wouldn't have had to try to go for the two and been two points behind. Even if we did kick the field goal and get 13 to 14, we could have still been 23 to 24 and possibly kicked the field goal. Now, here's the thing. Baker Mayfield threw four interceptions. That is something that you can't do. Literally, I'm going to blame him for most of the reason that the team lost with four interceptions. Now, obviously, we had 11 players on COVID. <clears throat> we had Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney both injured. Jadavian Clowney was out, and Miles Garrett... Well, he was injured, so he wasn't playing top-notch. Aaron Rodgers was injured. His toe got stepped on like two or three times, and he is somehow playing. 
Obviously, we don't want people to be super injured, but could they at least just take him out of the game for the game, just let Jordan Love play? Maybe we could have won if Jordan Love was playing. Well, that's the same thing with the Broncos and the Raiders. <laughs> Derek Carr was sacked and injured during a play during the during that time when the Raiders' defense was on the field and the Broncos' offense was on. Three and out, guess what? The next play, the next unassuming play, Derek Carr was back in. We don't want to see anyone permanently injured. But I got to say, as an avid, an avid opponent of the Raiders, if you're going to hurt them, you better hurt them and keep them out of the game. Now, they said, I'm pretty sure one of the commentators said that he went to, like, a nearby hospital or something, and then he came right back. They said that was the fastest we've ever seen someone go there and then come straight back. That's ridiculous. No, he actually just went to the tent. Oh. He went to the tent, got treated, and then ended up back on the field. Now, obviously, as a Browns fan, we could keep talking about this a lot more and a lot more, but the final point I'm going to make is Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, we don't want to see him injured, but really – I think the better choice would have been to put him in. Now, I'm not saying this because I wanted – I did want the Browns to win, but I'm not saying this because I did want to or anything like that. But you're going to make the playoffs. You're clinched your NFC North title. With a quarterback going in injured where anytime you step on his toe, he has to go into the locker room, that's a cause for disaster. You're asking for disaster to strike because if he's in the playoffs – or he's playing the Vikings or the Bears, and Khalil Mack comes in there and he hurts him super bad that he can't play in the playoffs, the Packers are going to be so, so, like, hurt going into the playoffs, going against whatever team they're going against. Because if they win and they go and play the Buccaneers or the Cowboys, where that those defenses are tough and Jordan Love is playing, you're going to lose. Like, literally, if Aaron Rodgers is out and they're playing the Cowboys – or the Buccaneers, don't care any given Sunday, Jordan loves playing versus the Buccaneers, they're going to get annihilated. I agree. I agree that Jordan Love at this point in the season with Green Bay clinching their division, Jordan Love needs to be playing. He needs to be playing. He needs to be getting reps. And Aaron Rodgers needs to be in the back coaching him and getting healed. Because if Aaron Rodgers gets injured and they're giving him reps, they're letting him play, they're letting him get used to it, and Aaron Rodgers is pointing out his mistakes in practice, like you could throw this higher, you could throw this lower, get it more on point. When he, when Aaron Rodgers finally has to get subbed out, Jordan Love is ready to go for the playoffs instead of not knowing anything or not playing as well and having to carry the whole team on his shoulders. That's a lot of responsibility for a rookie who has barely played. Speaking of subbing out, we got to sub out and let some uh, bills get paid. But in about 30 seconds or less, we'll be right back with more of the Young GM. Please stand by. And welcome back to the Young GM. GM, let's get into our week 17 predictions. Who's going to be on top and who's going to be a flop in the NFL? Let's start with that first game, the Eagles against the football team. I say that the Eagles win this game. 
And I say this because if you if you go into the Cowboys game right now, the Cowboys just blocked the punt and scored, giving them 49, practically 50 points. The football team is not playing at all this week. We just saw the Eagles beat the Giants by 24, 34 to 10. Yeah, 24 points. So the Eagles ultimately come out on top on this one. I don't, I'm not going to say it's a blowout because the football team, like you said, <laughs> can put some points on the board. So I don't see this as a blowout, but I see the Eagles getting at least a seven point lead against them or a seven point win. I think the football team, after such an embarrassment, I think they're going to come back next week, and I think they I, – I, I do believe that the Eagles will win, but I believe it's going to be a lot closer than uh, – Seven. Than seven. I believe it's going to be three, and it might even go into overtime. But having been totally whipped like they were, they've been whipped today by the Cowboys, the Eagles have something – or I'm sorry, the football team has something to prove. And they're going to try to take it out on the Eagles. That's very true. This is a divisional game any given Sunday. For our next game, we have the Panthers at the Saints. This one is difficult. The Saints haven't played the Dolphins yet. I feel like before I can predict more, I would have to see the Saints and how they play. I want to say that the Panthers win overall. They believe they want no, they just got annihilated this week. So actually, let's change that up. I say the Saints win. I say this is closer than anyone's gonna expect, and they win by three points for this game. I actually think that the Saints will win this game, but I think that they're gonna put it on the Panthers. I think that um what do they say? Uh a lion doesn't change or a tiger doesn't change his stripes or a leopard doesn't change his spots. I think Cam Newton is Cam Newton and he's still the quarterback there. I think that his personality, his emotional stability is still what it was before when he got traded. And I see that um, them getting them, them being beat this week is going to affect them next week. And I see the Saints on top by seven or more. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. <clears throat> we still have to see the Saints play tomorrow. And the only reason I say the Saints win by three, they're going to win. I believe that for sure. The Saints have a quarterback issue. <clears throat> Drew Brees retired. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Jameis Winston has suffered a knee injury or something, so he's done for the season. So now they're down to Trevor Simeon. Who I didn't even I didn't even know he still played in the league after the Broncos got rid of him. And Taysom Hill, who can play receiver, quarterback, and running back. But honestly, I think this game relies more on Alvin Kamara and that receiver Marquez Callaway to for them to win that game. And that's why I say they win by three. But you're not looking at the stats either. You gotta see the Saints are seven and seven. <clears throat> they are a five hundred team, while the Panthers are five and ten. Five and ten, okay. Just, just the stat itself is a little demoralizing. I say the Saints by seven or more. Next, we have the Buccaneers at the Jets. Now, it, in the back of my mind, I'm kind of thinking, let's just say the Jets win just for fun because of an upset. We just saw the Texans beat the Chargers. Now, obviously, the Jets are not going to win. I don't see the Jets winning at all. Anything could happen, 
And honestly, in the back of my head, I'm thinking the Jets are going to win. But I'm going to go with the Buccaneers on this one. I say this one is a blowout. Tom Brady is going to destroy the Jets just like he did the Panthers. And if the Jets somehow win, then hooray for me. Because then I got it wrong and I got it right. (laughs) I don't see the Jets quarterback making any long uh, rushing rushing, uh, TDs on his own this year. I see that um, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady is just Tom Brady's going to come out and just do his thing. Tom Brady by 14. That's a good prediction. I say him by seven or more because I, no, never mind. Never mind. I say by 20 or more. Next, we have the Dolphins of the Titans. Dolphins yet to see play, but I go with the Titans. They're 10 and 5, the opposite of the Panthers, and the Dolphins are a 500 team. So basically, we got the Saints and the Panthers, but backwards. 10 and 5 instead of 5 and 10. Hilarious. Um, anyways, the Titans, they, they can win. I say they win after what the 49ers did. I say they win by six. So they either get two field goals or they get a touchdown and miss a field goal. That's how I say they win. They could win by a field goal. They can win any which way, but they win by six points or more is what I say. All right. Our our next game coming up, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars against the New England Patriots. Who's going to come out on top of that game? This is a game I've been waiting to see. I've been waiting all year for this. We get Trevor Lawrence versus the person who should have been hyped up, Mac Jones. Trevor Lawrence, 2-13, gets smacked by the Patriots by, mm, let's say, 10. I say they win by 10 or more points, at least. The Jaguars are not going to win. They're benching people that Trevor Lawrence needs, and the Patriots, their run game is like, ridiculous this season they're passing him too that one game they beat the bills i heard they only passed it three times four quarters passed it three times ran the ball a whole 15 30 45 whole hour that they ran the football including timeouts and commercials and the jet or the bills couldn't stop them that says a lot for eight and 16 or nine and 16 but i see the patriots winning if they can just pound that defense with the run game well, you're talking about a defense getting pounded by a run game. I see this next game, the Colts against the Raiders. I see the Colts pounding the Raiders with their run game. Now, mind you, this week the Raiders did run the ball on the Broncos. That's true. <clears throat> but if the Colts have one of the number one one of the number one rushes in the NFL, they're going to be able to adapt to Josh Jacobs because Jonathan Taylor experienced and can do way better. He will destroy this defense. I see that happening. The Colts win by seven or more points. They're going to recognize the Colts are going to see what they've been doing with Jonathan Taylor. They're going to recognize that the Raiders are going to try to run with Josh Jacobs through those quick toss, the screens, the stretches, the draws, the RPOs with Josh Jacobs to try to throw them off a little bit, and they're going to recognize what's going to happen, and they're going to end up stopping that run, forcing them to pass, and forcing turnovers. Well, one thing that you cannot count out is Derek Carr's passing ability. Now, mind you, he had some turnovers this this week trying to pass the ball, but when Derek Carr did connect, he connected in a big way. So the Colts, if they stop the run game, they better also keep in mind the Raiders do have the ability to pass the ball. Yes, they do. Al Davis used to say, go vertical. 
And that's exactly what Derek Carr does. Yep. For our next game, we got the Chiefs at the Bengals. The Chiefs win. I need the Chiefs to win. Now, this is one where we're going to disagree because the Chiefs are in the AFC West. And you need the Chiefs to lose, even though it doesn't matter if the Chiefs lose. No. This kind of this kind of is a torn situation. The Bengals are in my division, and I need them to lose. The Chiefs are top of the AFC, and I need them to lose. So honestly, I say the Chiefs win, but I don't care. They can tie. Tying would be great because the Chiefs will go eleven four and one. They wouldn't go eleven five and one, and the Bengals wouldn't go ten and six, and they wouldn't <clears> go twelve and four, and the Bengals wouldn't go nine and seven. So, honestly, I'm torn. I say the Chiefs win, but honestly, I I could care less who wins. You must be confusing Patrick Mahomes with Ben Roethlisberger. The Pittsburgh Steelers the only team this season to get a tie with the Detroit Lions. There is no way, there is no way possible that the Chiefs will tie the Bengals. The Chiefs will Beat the pants off the Bengals. And there is no possible way that a 1-11-1 team would beat a 10-1 team any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. And not only did the Lions beat the Cardinals, but it was 30-12. to 12. That's 18 points. Three touchdowns. All right. We got the Giants and the Bears. 5-10, and 4-11, um, the Bears. The Giants just lost to the Eagles. The Bears just beat the Seahawks. So, I see the Bears winning. This is NFC. I could care literally less about this game. Let it be the worst two teams in their divisions. The Bears are at the bottom, and I believe the Giants are at the bottom. So, the Bears win uh, three, seven points. I don't really care. This next game I do care about. Falcons versus the Bills. The Bills win. I need the Falcons to win. This is an AFC game where it could actually go my way, where the Falcons knock the Bills to 9-7, and and if the Patriots lose, that would also be great. So I say the Bills win, but in the back of my head, I need the Falcons to win. So let's hope that the Falcons can win. I got to go with the Falcons, and I'm going with the Falcons for a sentimental reason because – one of the guys I work with, his uh, nephew is Darren Hall, who's a defensive player on the Falcons. So I'm going to go with Falcons over the Bills. I know I've been hyping Josh, uh, Josh Allen the, all season. The last few weeks, I've been giving it to Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. But this game, I... I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Josh Allen again. However, I want the Falcons to win. I want them to win just like every single week. I want the Broncos to win. But I know reality is the truth. Um, next we have the Texans at the Niners. The Niners. The Texans pulled off an upset versus an LA team. It won't happen again. The 49ers are going to stop them, especially with that running team, with that defense. I think letting go of Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman is on the Buccaneers right now, and I think that was a bad idea for the 49ers. For the next game, we have the Broncos at the Chargers. For this one, the Chargers win. Unless they played like they did last week and the Broncos win. The Chargers win overall. They win by at least three to seven points because the Broncos haven't been playing so well. 
If Teddy Bridgewater is in, then maybe I'll switch a little bit to the Broncos. He's been doing well since he's been in the hospital. He's been fine. They've taken precautions and stuff. He should be able to play by week 18, if not this week. But, yeah, the Chargers are going to win this game. you got to remember the last time the Broncos and the Chargers met, the Broncos beat the Chargers. But that was with Teddy Bridgewater playing, was it not? It was with Teddy Bridgewater playing. However, I think that the Chargers – We'll be looking back at that game, and they're and they're going to remember that sting, that sting of that loss. It's going to be motivating them to win. You say motivating them to win, but it's going to put a little trepidation in their minds. Can we get past this seven and eight team? We'll see what happens on Sunday. Next, another one where we disagree again. The Lambs, or excuse me, the Rams versus the Ravens. No, you said it right. The Lambs. <laughs> now, obviously, we can see his hatred towards the Rams, and they have to deal with Lamar Jackson. For once, Von Miller and Aaron Donald, do your job. Get to that defense. I don't know, maybe just uh, chip his ankle or something. Just get him get him out for the rest of the season. Just, just a little, not too bad, just a little bit of an injury where it's going to take the playoffs to recover, and Lamar Jackson won't be able to play, so it just makes it easier for the rest of the AFC North. The Rams, I'm siding with this one. They're going to win. This will be close, at least three to seven points, but the Rams win overall. Well, if you're going to talk about conference games, uh, of course I'm going to I'm going to – because the, the because Baltimore is in the AFC and the Lambs are in the NFC, I'm going to go with the Raiders or with the Ravens, excuse me. Okay? I'm always going to side with my conference. Well, I mean, the Broncos are out of the playoffs, so this doesn't really matter. The Broncos are out of the playoffs, and no, it doesn't really matter. Therefore, the fact that the Rams will win is irrelevant. But I want to see the Ravens peck their eyes out. That's the reason that we're 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 excited. If the Ravens lose, our playoff chances are hired. And if we win, we'll both we'll both be eight and eight. We'll be tied with the Ravens. And the Rams are in the NFC, so this does not affect us if the Rams win, except that the Ravens are in our division and we need them to lose, and they move down and we move up and tie with them. So great. Next, we have the Lions at the Seahawks. I want to say the Lions. This may sound surprising. This may not sound surprising. The Lions just lost by four, 16 to 20 versus the Falcons. The Seahawks lost to the Chicago Bears. Really? The Chicago Bears? Yep, 25 to 24. Nope, I see the Lions taking this one. I see... Uh, Russell Wilson coming back and reminding the Lions that they are a two and twelve and one team, and that that two twelve and one will be two thirteen and one. Maybe that sting of losing to the Bears will make them think maybe they can't get past this defense. Maybe, or maybe it'll motivate them. We'll see next week on Sunday. Um, next we have the Cardinals at the Cowboys. This is two Oklahoma players. They did play in college. They're going head-to-head. -head. Both offense, Kyler Murray and CeeDee Lamb. The Cowboys win. Kyler Murray, I'm telling you, he's been hypnotized by the Ohio State, which I have something to say after we're done with this. But um, the Cardinals and the Cowboys, the Cowboys are going to win because J.J. Watt is out. 
DeAndre Hopkins is out, and those were the two players that they they kind of carried the team along with the defense. Hopkins was one of Murray's go-to targets, and J.J. Watt just disrupted the quarterback, and with those two out, I don't see anything happening. The only thing I see happening is Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons going after Kyler Murray and sacking him multiple times, maybe forcing him to throw some turnovers to Traquan Diggs, the interception leader. He has 11 interceptions. He ties the entire NFL league history with that. Next, Vikings at the Packers. The Packers win. Here's how I see this going. The Packers win. Next week they play in the, the they play the Lions, whether they're 312 and 1 or 213 and 1, and they put Jordan Love in. Aaron <clears throat> Rodgers has to rest his toe. They win this game, they win their next game, they clinch the first round bye. So I feel like Jordan Love plays next week um after the Vikings lose to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers will rest his toe versus the Lions. He will rest his toe in that first round bye and be ready to go versus whoever it is they play in divisional round or is the conference it's divisional round yeah divisional round and then the conference championship so yeah we'll see what happens there oh boy and our monday night game pits another division rivalry together i'm telling you what's gonna happen the browns are gonna win again they're gonna win just like they did week 17 and in the afc wild card they're gonna win versus the steelers they're going to win versus whoever it is, the Ravens or the Bengals after that. Then we're going to play the Steelers again, and then they're again going to make multiple mistakes where we win. So, yeah, let's just say that we win our next couple of games. Well, you better hope that the Steelers continue to make mistakes. Ben Roethlisberger looked like he got shook up a few times uh, on the in the pocket, ended up getting the ball stripped through some uh, interceptions. He was not looking like the Ben that he's looked like in years past. He's too old to be playing the sport. So is uh, Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's still out there. He's got a good offensive lineman and team around him. He is 44. I would say he should have retired after his 20th. After he left the Patriots, he should have retired. Well, this is, I believe this is his 21st year. Twentieth year. This is his twenty-first. He spent 21st. twenty years with the Patriots. Wow. Anyways, um, yeah. Anyways, some news on the Browns. I recently figured out. You all know my hatred for Ohio State. Refer to them as garbage, lowly, under the bridge. I figured out that the Browns' owner, his name was Paul Brown. He coached Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, and the team is named after him. So I'm kind of disappointed in reconsidering my thoughts for the Browns a little bit. Don't know if I can basically cheer for an Ohio State-based team. As an Oklahoma fan, I'm not really sure if I can do that. So I'm kind of thinking of how this is going to go. This this season, I'll cheer for the Browns, but next season, we'll see what happens. Well, you know where you started at. So you're always welcome to come on home. You know what? Let's see how this draft goes. Let's see who Denver picks up. Let's see what happens. I can go to any other team, but I mean, as a team based off, this is basically Ohio, the Ohio State in the NFL. And I don't know if I can really go for a team that's based off the Ohio State. I go for Baker Mayfield for sure. I'll cheer for the Browns just for Baker Mayfield. I have his jersey, but mm, no. Mm, still reconsidering this. We'll see how next season goes. We'll see how the draft goes, and we'll see what happens there. I'll let you know if I'm still a Browns fan by next season. 
Well, I guess your fans will have to wait and see. Yes, they will. All right, GM. Well, on our break, after our break, we're going to get into Ask the Young GM, where we have uh, questions from our listeners for the Young GM and get his viewpoint. Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back with the Young GM. And welcome back to The Young GM, where you can follow us at The Young GM on Instagram.com, as well as Anchor and Spotify. GM, let's get into the segment, Ask The Young GM. One of our listeners sent in a question today asking, do you play fantasy? And if you do, how long have you played and how are you doing in your fantasy picks? Okay, so I play fantasy. I started this year about a week or two before the actual season started. Um, so I picked up some players and done some trades. Um, my team is, compared to the other teams, not doing so well. We, For me in the league, I am 6-10. and 10. The highest is 12-3. and three. Now, what happened was... The person that I needed to lose, they lost because they were they were sixty nine and I'm five and ten. So I win, I'm six and ten. They lose, they're six and ten. They lose and I win. So now we're both going to be six and ten. Um, for my team, I have Kirk Cousins as quarterback. This is my starting lineup: Kirk Cousins, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Devonte Adams, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Hunter Henry, Tyler Boyd, Greg Joseph, and the Buccaneers defense. That's who I have. They got me the win. Marquise Brown and Hunter Henry have got got 9.40 fantasy points and 1.90. Marquise Brown, he just he needs to get more opportunities to do what he can do because I've seen what Marquise Brown can do. He came from Oklahoma. He's a very explosive wide receiver compared um paired with Lamar Jackson. They can definitely make some thing happen. Getting Devontae Adams from a trade, no clue how I did that. Someone wanted Leonard Fournette, and I had him, traded Leonard Fournette for Adams. It was a good choice. It was actually hard because then I had to cheer for Devo- I had to cheer for the Packers and the Browns because of fantasy. For my backups, Lamar Jackson, he was inactive, so I couldn't start him. Then I had Devin Singletary, Amari Cooper, Devonta Smith, Darren Waller, and the Cardinals defense. Now, some of these players I had to pick up rough of the waiver wire or from trades because a lot of people have been getting injured and I had to get rid of some people. So set up some trades and they were done. But uh, yeah, I originally had Baker Mayfield on my team. I originally had the Browns defense on my team and I originally had Odell Beckham. Baker Mayfield was not getting as much points. He wasn't being productive. I had to drop him. Kirk Cousins unfortunately turned out to be a much better choice. Um, the Browns defense, they started off very, very well, and then they pummeled, and they weren't as productive, so I got rid of them, and then Odell Beckham, the day I saw that he criticized Baker Mayfield, I dropped him. He was gone. He was out the gate. Bye. And I just picked up a better receiver like Marquise Brown, so it's all good and done, um, but this is one of the hardest things I've played. I've only, I just started playing this year, and yeah, I'm 
For me, I'm doing pretty well, but compared to others that are eight and seven, ten and five, eleven and four, and twelve and three, that's not so good. Well, GM, compared to your fantasy league and the actual games, how are you doing as far as wins and losses there? Um, in real life, the Browns are what seven and eight, and in this <clears throat> fantasy league, I'm six and ten. I just got a win over a four and eleven team. I Anything can happen because I literally just played an 8-7 and seven team and I almost won. So I knew that if I subbed out some players, made some switches, that honestly, if I would have put in Darren Waller, who got zero fantasy points, he would have done more than one fantasy point. It's, it's one point. So it didn't really matter if he was in or not. But if I put in Devin Singletary, who got 30 points, for Saquon Barkley, who got 18, that's at least 74 points for the running backs. And then I put him, no, that was just, that was one of the better switches that could have been made was the Devin Singletary one. But overall, I won. Overall, the next week I play is what's called a consolation bracket. It's where basically I have to, if I have to win this game and the 6 and 10 team has to lose. And I have to win, so I go seven and ten, and they go six and eleven. That's how this has to play out. Let's hope this is this is how it plays out. That a four and eleven team in fantasy can beat a six and ten team. We'll see what happens. It just, in even in fantasy, even even in fantasy, any given Sunday, anything can happen. Well, thank you, GM. Now, let's get into the NFL news, and in lieu of doing the news. We're going to go and talk about this shutout and how the Buccaneers got blanked last week. And to do that, we're going to assist, we're going to enlist the assistance of Google Dictionary. So when we get, when we come back, we'll get right into the NFL news, and the definitions of shutout. Thank you for listening, and we'll be right back with the Young GM. And welcome back to the Young GM. The 13-year-old general manager has been fired by 31 teams and still living the dream. GM, last week, we had a debate as to whether or not the Buccaneers were shut out in their game. Now, this debate has raged on in what? This is the second week now we've discussed this? Yep. Well, we're going to assist or we're going to uh, enlist the assistance of Google Dictionary. And I'll let you read what it says as far as shut out. Uh, competition or game in which the losing side fails to score. Hmm. The losing side fails to score. What was the score of that game? Nine to one. <laughs> you never want to admit when you're wrong. I guess that's why you've been fired by 31 teams. Mm, that was part of it. Yeah. Nine to zero. The Saints... Blanked. That's what I just asked. Just said nine to zero. Shut out. Demolish 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. You guys can go ahead and believe what you believe. I will believe that the Saints did not shut them out because they did not score 10 points. If they would have scored 10, sure, that's a shutout. But they scored three field goals, hence a touchdown and then a field goal. So, in my opinion, this is my opinion, that is not a shutout. There are other people that are out there like me that will say that was not a shutout, and there are other people that are like you that will say, yeah, that was a shutout. But to me personally, that did not seem like a shutout. Oh, so I guess that what you're saying to me then is the game with – Washington football team and the Cowboys based on your 10 point spread. Uh, I believe right now the score is 56 to 14. That's a shutout. That's 32 points. That's more than 10 points. But based on the dictionary definition, the Washington football team put points on the board. Hmm, This is interesting because then it technically wouldn't. Well, we're not going to call it a shutout. We're going to call it an obliteration. <laughs> that we can agree on. It is an obliteration, but they did not get shut out. That being said, we're going to shut out this episode of the Young GM. We're going to thank our producers, our editors. We're going to thank you, GM. And we're going to thank all our fans and listeners for joining us next week we'll have more more games more scores more questions and more laughs with the young gm thank you and have a great evening